You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 63. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, I am super appreciative and grateful for the time that we spend together. We are going to discuss the fall semester because here it comes. For so many of you, you have committed to it. If you listened to last week's show about what do you really want, you have decided that this is the semester that you want to have. You want to go back to school online, in person. You are ready to accept the challenge. And we're going to cover a lot of things today in sort of a repeat at times, because if you go back and listen to episode 35, 36, and 37 um, that are about preparing for the semester, getting acclimated for the new semester, and 37 is about long-term execution of your syllabi, is really thinking about the fact that you have decided to commit to this semester. You now have to commit to the semester. Before we get really deep into what we're going to ultimately discuss today, I think it's extremely important that we cover the fact that you've committed and you've said this is what you want to do. And because of that, you have to move forward and be prepared for all of the shots that this pandemic and this semester can throw at you. You aren't going to be allowed to just use this pandemic as an excuse for not putting your best foot forward and showing up every single day as the best version of yourself. You've already listened to the chapters from the book, but you know, you've developed a growth mindset around this semester. You cultivated the courage and said, yes, I want to continue to, to attend school regardless of how that looks. You were decisive and made that decision and now you're taking action on it. And this is where you start to step into creating your habits around how you're going to be successful this semester, you know, using your discipline to go into it day in and day out with a positive attitude, get your work done, be there to help your community, you know, be a good roommate, be a good, you know, Greek member, whatever it is that your your uh, extracurricular activities are. And then, of course, we're going to be discussing flexibility and tenacity as we move through this show. I just think it's extremely important that if you have any thoughts in your head that you're going to be able to get a pass um, and half-ass it this semester because of the pandemic, you've committed to this. And by committing to this, you say that you're ready for it. Using your age or your immaturity or your naivete or whatever you might think you're going to be able to fall back on as a reason for you to turn in papers late, show up late to tests, not show up on to study group on time prepared, uh, you know, not to be 100% present when you're in class, online or in person or at your job, whatever it is, you're not getting a pass here. You show up and you be the best version of yourself every single day because this will be a tough semester. It will be extremely unlike any other semester that you've experienced in your schooling. Even last spring, you at least got the beginning stages of a normal semester, and then it all went you know, to hell in a handbasket in the middle of March. Well, now we're here, we're here in fall. 
you know, mentally you've seen what this pandemic can throw at us. You've seen how your school administration and the politicians are going to react. It does seem very clear to me and those that I've talked to on campuses and the emails that I've received that it's almost like they're just covering their own butts and making sure that the decisions they make won't lead to them being sued. And I don't necessarily think that that's the best kind of mindset to have around what's happening because then you just start seeing everybody as a potential lawsuit waiting to happen, has a number, and rather than an actual person looking to get an education to further themselves. For those of you going into your senior year, oh my goodness, you've got to have some trepidation about graduation because the workforce is going to look wildly unlike it's ever looked before. And it hasn't always looked stable to begin with over the last 10, 20 years. And if you're a freshman coming in, then you're trying to get acclimated to a university that you've never really been to other than when you visited, right? You're actually, that that's all a blur, And now you're actually going to start building habits about how to get to classes and buildings. And so there's going to be so many new um, inputs, so many new uh, sensory, uh, just it's going to be a sensory bonanza. You're right. Your, your visual, your auditory, your, your kinesthetic, how you feel, uh, your, your sense of smell, taste, everything is getting ready to change for you. You're leaving home where you become very habituated to how that's going to look into this whole new environment. So I have utmost you know, empathy for all everyone. And this, I'm not leaving out you sophomores and juniors, right? Because you're sitting here like, whoa, this is sophomore year was really when I started to think I was settling in. Uh, and by junior year, I was like, okay, this, this can start being something. Of course, I ended up dropping out after junior year, so... I'm not really sure what went off the rails there, but that's for a different episode. So today we want to talk about what it is you can do, one, with the syllabi and planning for flexibility. And then two, we're going to wrap a little bit into our mental state and just making sure that mentally that we're healthy. And so, of course, like I said before, you can go back over 34, 34 35, 36, 37, definitely 37 as far as looking at your syllabus. And let's get to that first. Right, because I really do believe that mindset comes before skill set, and so I want to leave the back half of the show for the mindset stuff. Um, so let's just discuss the syllabus real fast. You can go back and listen to episode thirty-seven. Um, I really go in depth there. Of course, it was pre-pandemic, so you know that'll sound like however it sounds when it looks like things are gonna just continue to roll on a good note. Is whenever this pandemic's gonna throw us all a left hook. So just think about the plans that you're making now and the flexibility that you're going to have to have in them later. Okay, right? Planning is priceless, but plans are worthless. You, you want to have the planning in place, but those plans, those, they, can, they can go amok any time. The pandemic, society, there could be a protest, there could be something that just throws a wrench in your gears one day and you just aren't expecting it. And so you've got to be thinking ahead. Are you are you putting in your um, school address into Google Maps a couple hours before you have to go to make sure that there's not any traffic in the way? Are you paying attention to what's going on in your city to make sure that if there are any protests because of the pandemic or BLM or anything that you'll be able to still navigate your way to class? You know, are you just thinking in advance in general of how you're going to get to places because you don't want to be that person who shows up late and then is constantly using the pandemic as an excuse? 
There are too many tools, too many apps available that can help you get somewhere on time. It is not a good excuse to say, well, I traffic was just so bad. You could have put in, you know, especially if you're a commuter or you drive somewhere, you know, even 10 miles or 15 minutes away from a building uh, during school year can still be 35 minutes of traffic if another 3,000 students are trying to drive there at the same time. So be thinking about your your path. Be thinking about your your planning ahead for when you're going to be going to events, work, after school activities, whatever that might look like. When it comes to the syllabus, because at any given moment the pandemic could hit and the university could have to start shutting down certain facilities because there's going to be a lot of students trying to use the same facilities that might have uh, social distancing restrictions applied to them, you want to make sure you notice where on your syllabus you need to use a certain uh, a certain campus facility and make sure that you have planned ahead for that. If you need to get into the library, if you need to get into the mental health facilities, if you need to get into the the, the school doctor, you need to know when those are going to be open for you. So let's think about the library. Let's just think about computer labs, any of that kind of stuff in general. Figure out if you are going to need those accommodations and then contact them and find out what social distancing restrictions have been applied for that semester and then find out are those going to stay permanent and if they are changed, how will that information be announced to the campus? This is extremely important because if they're going to announce it on their Twitter page or their Facebook page, you know, then you know you can be checking on those things. If you can make an appointment and reserve yourself a study space in the library, then do that. Think ahead. See where there's a test on a Tuesday and you're going to want to study on Monday morning at the library. See where you need to use a certain computer lab on a Thursday and you've already called in a week or two in advance and reserved your spot there. Whatever it could possibly look like when it comes to the accommodations, call ahead, make that contact, go in face-to-face, meet the person running it, make a friend. It's probably another student sitting in there just studying away while they're waiting to check people in with their school ID. I mean, it's I haven't been in school in a decade, but I guarantee you they're still doing the same kind of stuff whenever it comes to bringing people in and making sure people have the space they need. But now they have to do it under this umbrella of a pandemic. I also want to cover the mental health and the the physician health aspect of it. University of Florida and Ball State University, where I went, both had mental health facilities and both had an on-campus doctor and nurses, right, where students could go and and get more affordable health care. I'm talking the moment your foot steps on campus, you need to go in to both of those places, the mental health and the physical health buildings, and you need to get in the system. Treat it like you would if you were if you were drinking water. You drink water before you're thirsty, not once you feel thirsty or after you're thirsty, because by then you're already dehydrated. You want to get into the system, into the computer. So when you call up, they already have your information. You've already met your primary healthcare physician. You've already met the person who's going to be your mental health therapist or psychiatrist or whatever, whatever qualification that person has you want to already have yourself in the system so that if you if you're feeling depressed or mentally overloaded or you're starting to feel a little ill you can call up and they already have a spot to slide you into 
right? Sometimes there can be, you know, an intake process where you've got to check in and get a physical, or maybe you've got to talk with someone first before they can assign you to the correct therapist. Whatever that might look like, you would have already have gone through it. And I can guarantee you there's going to be some mental overload at some point this semester and calling your family or your friends or, or someone who's you know life coach like me and thinking that you're going to get the right answer may not be beneficial to you whenever you, what you really need is perhaps a, some medicine or just uh, somebody else who has a doctor's degree who can say, okay, this is what you're starting to show signs of. Um, these are some of the symptoms to start looking for. For if you are if these um, symptoms start to increase, you know then this is what you need to look for to know if you're getting more depressed or you're feeling more isolated or anxiety and stress is getting more to you. And we're going to discuss how to work with anxiety and stress in a few minutes down the road in this show. But it, important is that it is not a sign of weakness. We have had people on this show to talk about this. I have discussed this before. It is not a sign of weakness to go in and talk to somebody about your feelings or your thoughts or whatever it might be. It is a sign of strength. Because in a world where everybody thinks that you know that seeking help for your mental health is a sign of weakness, that just, to me, it proves that it's actually a sign of strength. Even if everybody agreed that it was a sign of strength, it's still a sign of strength. But knowing when to ask for help is a huge sign of strength. Do not be fooled by anybody else giving you their opinion. This is your life, not theirs. You do for yourself what you know you need to do for yourself to stay mentally healthy. I know I've read a ton of articles in researching my next month or two shows and mental health keeps popping up and it always has and it will continue. The mental health of our society has been deteriorating for years and this pandemic has not made it any better. The isolationism that we faced, the uncertainty that we go through every single day, it will continue to increase because this, this corona will be a hot topic for it, I would imagine, till the end of 2021. So prepare for that by getting into the mental health and the physical health system so that when you call up, they're able to slide you right in to who your primary uh, mental health or, or, or doctor is, and you're boom, you've got yourself an appointment. Do not wait until you're already having a break emotionally or physically to finally go over there. Get in as soon as possible because you won't be the only one and so you want to make sure that you've gotten your spot in there, right? There's going to be plenty of help. Universities, I have no doubt, will make sure of that because, again, they're worried about the lawsuits. Just make sure that you're in the system and you're not waiting till month two when the 14,000 other students who waited are also finally finding overload, okay? So when it comes to the syllabus, be looking at areas that could be a spot of bother, Start thinking to yourself, well, I've got this paper due, right? Like, I've been reading a lot of different things and a lot, so many articles, so many people talk about having a great planner and getting yourself a new planner and putting together a new system. It's a new semester and there's all this new stuff going on. And I do not sign up for the whole new planner stuff. Whatever you have used in the past to schedule, stick to that. If that was working for you, then it will continue to work for you now and further on into the future. This is not the semester to break out a whole brand new organizational system for yourself. Unless, of course, the old one wasn't working for you, then yes, it's time to revamp. 
But if you were feeling pretty good with the last year or last time, whether it be high school or your whatever stage of college you're in, stick with it. For me, last year, I went from putting everything down into a paper calendar into the Google calendar, and it took me about two months to get fully acclimated to it. That every time I said, yeah, let's have that phone call at three o'clock, that I jumped over there and I put it into the calendar. Because there's just, you know, I sometimes I just got used to just writing down on a piece of paper and expecting that would work. But then every time I turned to the Google calendar, I would end up double booking things because I hadn't put this one meeting in. And now here comes another meeting on top of it. So have a system. If you like the system and it's been working for you, stick with that system. On Google Calendar, you can go into the days and you can literally start adding things in hour by hour. You can go into the week and you can see everything you know, that way. You can go into it by month and you can see, have, you know, have study sessions and stuff, repeat whatever it takes. And if you love paper, then stick with paper. Just be very weary about completely changing a system that you have been using going into a semester that's going to be very uncertain and therefore will bring about levels of anxiety and overwhelm that you may not have seen before, let alone known how to prepare for. So be on the lookout in the syllabus for when the big papers do, when the tests are, how close are these tests to one another, okay? And make sure that you you are putting into your calendar time to study before those tests arrive, Trying to cram the night before a test during a pandemic. Cramming the night before a test wasn't a good idea to begin with. And trust me, I've done it. In a way, I did it this last week. The key, though, is that you're thinking ahead and you're putting these important dates into your calendar so that you can start becoming prepared. You want to lower the kind of stress that you're going to feel this semester, not raise it. So look in the syllabus and prepare. Be prepared. At any given point, they could flip something and say, well, now the test is at home because we don't want all these students here. Campus shuts down. Like Anything could happen. And speaking of anything happening, when it comes to online classes, I know this is not the preferred way for most of us to take classes. It's why we signed up to go to actual colleges and universities. If we wanted to do online only, you could have just signed up at University of Phoenix and boom, you'd have been able to do your classes from a boat in Mediterranean Sea if you wanted to. But we chose to go onto a campus because we wanted that sense of community, the socialization, to build our interpersonal uh, relationship skills, the whole rigmarole. And so now we're being told online is how a lot of these classes are going to be. And because of that, there will not be a standard time most of the time, unless this class is being done online and the teacher is doing it live, which you can hope, but it may not always be the case, it's going to be very important that if there is not a set time to meet for an online class, that you create one. And you set it in your calendar, and you treat it like it's an actual class that you had to go to. You show up every Tuesday and Thursday from noon to 1.30, come hell or high water, you are sitting down in front of your computer, and you are ready to work on that class. Now, If it does meet, even if you are allowed to see the video replays, you should be looking to meet then. More than likely, there will be a chat box open where where the the TA, uh, the professor's assistant, will be able to jump in there and answer questions that you have along the way. You are not going to want to miss that opportunity to have one-on-one time with those who are teaching you the information. So 
one, if it's not scheduled, then you put it in your schedule and you stick to it. And I cannot harp on this enough how important that is. But two, by if it is live, be there when it's live because you're more than likely to be able to ask questions. And now this is a perfect segue into building a relationship with your professors and, and your TAs couldn't be more important this year. Whether it's your academic advisor, whether it's the your, the person in charge of your thesis, it does, whoever it is, go in just like I told you to do with the mental health and the physical health facilities. Get in. Introduce yourself to the professor, introduce yourself to the TA, introduce yourself to the academic advisor, have them know who you are. Don't worry about, oh, well, they've got 200 other students and I don't want to be a bother and I don't want to get in the way. Get in the way. Be a bother because one, you just mind read. You don't even know if that's how they're actually going to see it. And two, (laughs) that's not what you should be worried about. You should be worried about not getting the best grade that you can because you didn't step up, have your courage, and go introduce yourself to the person, the one person who could help you the most in that particular class or with your academia. So don't let shyness or introvertedness stand in the way of your success. Go in, introduce yourself to the professor, find out whenever the office hours are, if you're allowed to make appointments, which I could definitely see happening because of social distancing, get yourself in there. Make an appointment every week, even if it's just for 20 minutes, to go over the material and make sure you're you're up to speed and, and you're, you're, you're intaking it in correctly and that there's no confusion, right? If, if you don't think you need once a week, then make it once every two. Whatever that looks like for you, get involved. I used to never go visit my professors, but I definitely can tell you with the projects I'm working on now and my mentors and my and my life coaches and the people that I've brought in to help me make my you know my company the best thing that I possibly can, I'm in constant contact with them. I'm using them as my support system. I'm using them as my accountability buddies. Um, they're they're making sure that I'm clicking off the things on my to-do list and you need to be doing that just as much as I'm doing it over here. So be focused on your ultimate goal, which is getting good grades and enjoying this semester as much as possible. And part of that is going to be stepping up to take care of yourself, get your mental and physical health in order, make sure that you're in the system and make sure that your professors, your academic advisors, TAs, the go to the College Success Center, introduce yourself to the person who runs that, have a tutor lined up in case the class does become overwhelming, group or one-on-one, whatever that looks like, get it together now before you need it then. Don't show up there so dehydrated that you can barely stand when you could have started drinking the water on the first day. And whenever you show up two months in, they've already know who you are. They've already watched you get to this point in your journey and now they're better prepared to help you. All right. Now, Before I move over to some of the mental health stuff, and I'm really going to cover more of that next week, but I definitely want to touch upon anxiety and uh, stress. But when you start looking at what I've discussed with your syllabus and preparing for your classes and really laying all of the syllabi out and making sure that where if there's a conflict that you have discussed it with two of the professors and seen if they'll be willing to shift it for you, especially if it's online versus in person and test on the same day, communicate as early as possible, and people will want to help you. Show up at the last second saying, oh my God, oh my God, I forgot, oh my God, oh my God. Because an emergency on an emergency in your life does not make it an emergency in somebody else's life. 
You have to take responsibility for who you are now as a young adult and say, okay, I foresee these two tests or this these two tests in a paper all be do all being due in the same week as a is a potential issue. So I want to start laying down the groundwork now to shift some things around so that I can give my 100% focus to each one uh, at the appropriate time. Other semesters, professors may not be so willing to be as fluid with when they're going to have you take a test or when a paper's due. These are unusual circumstances. And taking responsibility for yourself and your decision to start this semester doesn't mean that you still can't ask for... Uh, two tests that are each on a you know Wednesday October 15th to be one of them to be shifted to a Thursday or a Friday or moved up to a Monday or a Tuesday so that you can better prepare for them right that's not weakening out that's not coming up with an excuse to not put in 100% of your effort that's just seeing a potential problem in an already stressful situation and figuring out ways to alleviate that off of yourself so that you're able to stay 100% in a time where you know losing you know sight of your mental health or starting to slip physically and not eating as well and not sleeping as well could severely cause your immune system to drop down and now with a weakened immune system you're more susceptible to just the common cold let alone the potential for the coronavirus okay i mean that's some really good info right there and i really want you to take it on because as we move into discussing SMART goals, which we've discussed before, and there's so many different ways of doing this, but I like going back to SMART goals because it's it's just very succinct, right? SMART goals should be specific and measurable and attainable and relevant and timely. They should be time-bound. Why I'm bringing this up towards the end here is to all of those things I've just said can be wrapped up around turning them into a SMART goal. And the most important thing about SMART goals is the very first word, specific. When people start to label out their goals, they, they can be very vague in the other areas. Like you have, a, you have a goal, you know, not just I want to get good grades this semester, I want to get all A's, right? Now, to be able to measure that, it's not too difficult. You can start measuring how well you're doing on the, on the tests. But when you start looking at how you're measuring it, again, be specific, if it's just, I want to get a good grade on this test, no. Where are some potential areas in the future where maybe you're not such a good writer, so you know that you're going to turn in a paper that's probably going to be C-plus to B-plus looking? Does that mean you need to put more attention to the test? Or maybe that's vice versa right there, and you're a better writer than you are a test taker. Just be very specific about how you're measuring these things. And also very mindful about its attainability. To say, I want to put on 30 pounds of muscle this fall uh, whenever I've got a messed up shoulder right now because of an accident in May, that's, that's unrealistic. And so, therefore, it's not attainable. It's just extremely unrealistic for me to think that I could, first of all, putting on 30 pounds of muscle in five months without steroids is damn near impossible anyways. But the point being is when you're setting these goals, make them attainable. I get that a lot of people will tell you to shoot for the, you know, shoot for the stars or you won't even reach the moon. But it can also be a very deflating whenever you set a goal and then you're, you push, 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 push to get there, but it was never attainable to begin with. That would literally be like humankind shooting for a, a star right now, right? Like we know our space technology does, cannot even get us to our own sun without melting, let alone to another entire galaxy. So shooting for the moon is very attainable. 
and it's something that we can actually measure and it's very specific, just like going to Mars would be. But saying that we want to set up a colony on one of the moons of Neptune right now would be pretty asinine because it's just not attainable for us with the technology we have. So understand what's attainable based on the, the resources you have now. Be shooting and constantly aiming for better resources, but also know what you can realistically do. And of course, set the bar a little higher than that, but don't set it so high that even when you actually get to what you would have originally loved your goal to have been, that it's not that super high up. So now you have, you feel like mentally you lost, but in reality, you actually won because you could have set the bar at average and instead you ended up doing damn awesome, but because it wasn't freaking fantastic, you feel like you lost. That's a real bummer. That is, is, you know, if you are a B student and you set your goal to get 93s in every one of your classes, uh, but then you say, no, I'm going to shoot for the stars. I'm going to shoot for 99. When you're a normal 85 student, then you end up getting 93. You should be freaking excited about that. But you, you, you almost stole that opportunity to be excited because you set the bar so ridiculously through the roof. Because 99 was something that you more than likely weren't going to attain, but you got the 93, which is way better than the 85, but now you don't get to have that victory because the whole semester you were just chanting 99 in your head over and over again. So don't do that to yourself, right? Ever. It's just get the 93 and then next semester shoot for the 96. And then three semesters from now, you'll be getting 99s all over the place and you'll forget what 85 ever felt like. And of course, is the goal relevant? You know how to set relevant goals around your around your semester. You know, don't try to be involved in seven extracurricular clubs this semester with so much going on in the likelihood that social distancing and everything else will make the those experiences completely different than they used to have been. So figure out the one, two, three, whatever that number is that you feel comfortable with and go after those ones that really mean something to you because there's going to be difficulties in being involved in those extracurriculars to begin with, with the pandemic and on top of all the uncertainty that could arise because of the pandemic and how school is going to go down, you just don't want to stretch yourself too thin. So make the goal relevant and pertinent to this semester only. Let's not start thinking about what the spring and next summer will look like because whatever you try to plan for when it comes to the spring and summer of 2021, it probably won't look anything like it does now. There'll be a whole new sets of rules, a whole new way for everybody to have experienced this semester to change how they're going to behave next semester, right? Don't start thinking about next semester unless you're sitting in front of your academic advisor trying to figure out what class you should take in September. Other than that, don't be trying to lay out plans too far off in advance when it comes to extracurriculars and, and weight management and stuff. Just be present in what's happening this semester, and you will set yourself up for success. And that finishes me at time bound. Make this timely, right? If your goal for the week is to study 25 pages and be able to write a paper about what you've read, right? Now we're being specific. Now you can measure it. That's something that's attainable. It's relevant to what you're learning. But if it's you know, timely and you say, well, in the next two weeks, I want to read, I want to read some of that book it's not specific, not very measurable, uh, certainly attainable, but what does some of that book look like? Um, is it relevant? Sure. It's because it's the book you got assigned, but it's not timely enough. 
So set time so that you can be checking off like, oh, I got those 25 pages read. Oop, I prepared for that, right? Give yourself these opportunities for little victories because these little victories will build momentum. It'll show you that you can be flexible. It, you will see that you have the discipline to pull this semester off into the best of your abilities, if not exceeding anything you thought because you're tenacious and you show up every day. Now, because we're going to discuss anxiety and because we're going to discuss you know, some of the other negative emotions that could come from, next, uh, from this semester next week, I do want to touch upon anxiety now. And this is something that I work with my clients. This is something that I, I teach at my workshops and my seminars is when you think of anxiety, it is a future pacing problem. It's whenever you start looking too far off into the future and you start getting yourself all wound up about how a particular event or circumstance will play out when you can only prepare so much, right? If you're, if you have anxiety about the semester, well, you won't, then you'll have anxiety all the way until Christmas because the semester won't end till then. If you have anxiety around taking a test or when a paper's due, living with that ball of anxiety just eating away at you for the next few weeks, months, semester, it's, it's, it gets to you. You know it gets to you. And then when those emotions become too much is when you lash out and you drink too much, you, you, you smoke too much pot, you eat too many sugary foods, you stay up too late watching Netflix, you, whatever your vice is, you'll turn to it whenever you start feeling so overwhelmed inside and you don't know how to get that energy out of you in a positive way. It will show up in a negative way. One of my favorite things to do with anxiety is the first thing is it's doing something with your body. So most people see excitement. When they feel excitement, they feel it in their chest. It's your heart's pounding. It's, it's in the upper area of your chest, where the top of your lungs, right? That's where you feel excitement. And so anxiety tends to, to store itself in the belly, right? That's where your gut starts to get all tight, and you, that's where stress ends up going. So physically, what you can do to alleviate anxiety at times, and this works a lot more often than you would think. So I'm telling you, try this, do it frequently. You're going to see massive change in how your body feels. Picture the anxiety as a, as a, as a ball. Give it a color, give it a size, give it a shape, make it big, large, small, whatever you'd like to do, but you know, turn it into this ball and give it, you know, again, size, shape, color, a density, uh, vibration, right? And then take that ball and from your stomach and physically put your hand on your belly and then push up to where it gets to the heart. Take that ball that's anxiety and push it up to your heart. Now it's in the space where excitement lives, where enthusiasm is, right? Physically take that ball of energy and move it up to your chest. Take it from the anxiety area up to the excitement area. This is a great way to physically get your mind wrapped around the fact that anxiety and enthusiasm often feel exactly the same. They just sh- are show up in different areas of your body. Okay, so physically, that's a great way to work with anxiety. Um, it's super fun to do in front of crowds because so many people, you can just see their faces shift. Mentally, think about what's giving you stress. And if it's a, let's say it's a test and it's coming up in two weeks. Mentally go 15 minutes after you leave that test and 
picture that you have, you aced it. You did an amazing job. You prepared just as well as you could have, if not better. And you, you, you dominated the heck out of that test. You know, you got 96%. Wow. Just so amazing. How you feel when you leave that test and you're so, you're gliding, you're so confident and you're so happy. I want you to go to that moment, 15 minutes after you leave that test, when you are just gliding, you know, you did so well. And I want you to take that energy, take that enthusiasm, take that confidence, take that happiness. I want you to feel that. I want you, how does that feel? All right. And then I want you to physically bring that energy of that confidence, that enthusiasm, that aftermath of acing that test. I want you to bring that back to your present self and then instill that in and, and, and feel how you feel now knowing that then you ace that test. Take the, because the, you, you're never, you don't have anxiety over things that have already happened. Then you, you might have guilt or shame or whatever could be the other negative emotion. But once something's happened, you don't have anxiety about that event anymore. You might have anxiety about the aftermath. What happens if I didn't get a good grade? You have anxiety about finding out your grade. But as far as taking the test goes, the test, the, that anxiety is over. Now you can move back on to a different form of anxiety. So do this in every area of your life where you find you, you have anxiety. You know, close your eyes and picture yourself 5, 10, 15 minutes after the event that was going to give you anxiety that no longer gives you anxiety because I've taught you this process. Take the confidence, the enthusiasm, the joy, the exuberance of having accomplished going through that event, that circumstance. Take all of those emotional energies and bring them back to your present self and then just take literally, like just take your hands and just like put them right over your heart, right where that excitement would be. All right, and just lock that in. Lock that in and then just think to yourself, okay, I know how I'm going to feel when it's done. I can feel that way now. And then you put in that time, you put in that effort to prepare all that you can. And then you go in there and you kick that test ass. Again, sort of wrapping up the show on that one. And so I'm not walking you through uh, that as slowly as I would have. It would be great to do this again in person, but you can take that. And you can literally start doing that right now. And it works. It works, it works, it works. So go back, listen to the last five or six minutes again. Follow those two, right? Picture yourself in the future when you've accomplished it. Grab those positive energies. Bring them back down to the present. And then also physically give that anxiety uh, a shape, a color, a location inside your belly. And then push it all up to your heart. I'm telling you, you will feel kick-ass. All right, so that's it for today. I will see you all next week where we will discuss more about our mental health. Be positive. Set yourself up for success. Do the things we talked about in this podcast. Hit me up on social media, email. You know how to locate me. Uh, at Jesse Mogul on Instagram. I know you, some of you have found the At College Success Habits Instagram account and wonder why I haven't done anything with it. Too much, too much. Uh, Reels has come out on Instagram. I'm uh, TikTok thinking about launching something under the Jesse Mogul there where we can talk about this kind of stuff, have it just be a cornucopia of mental health and, and um, college success habit wisdom. Um, so find me there um, at Jesse Mogul on Instagram. You can email me at jesse at jesse mogul. Uh, you can find me over on 
just you can, anywhere you want. It's not too hard. I'm at Jesse Mogul everywhere. Uh, from sobriety to recovery, you can always find me on those channels. If you need me, you can find me. Hey, if you haven't already, can you subscribe, rate, and review me on iTunes? Because that algorithm is not giving me as much love as I, I know it could. And I could really use your help. So if you don't mind doing that, jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, review. Um, it would be super awesome. Just any of those three. Two of those three. All of those three? Yeah, all of those three. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. See y'all next week. Bye-bye.